No, get those lights off. Off. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Well, that hurts my feelings. Please clap. YouTube announced that they're going to be taking down COVID-related content on their platform. Let's see if this video gets pulled down. Welcome to Pardon the Disruption. I'm the acting speaker of the pod, Tyler Williams, and today I'm joined by the Empress of Press, Isabel Rosini, and for the last time, a red tape ranger, Luke Hogue. Folks, welcome. <laughs> Luke, I don't know where you're going, but I hope it's all to a better place, that you'll be made comfortable before you depart. I'm going to cry. Uh, I'm going to cry. You're you're going to be excited about me crying. I'm always excited about you crying. That holds up. Cry here? Yeah. I think it's a personal thing, so I'll cry when I want to. It may not be my party, but I will cry when I want to. Sure. Acting, acting, I have not been confirmed, so I'm only acting speaker. But, so, it, but it all serious, this kind of jumping back to um, YouTube pulling this. That's pretty wild as far as pulling down videos and stuff to help fight COVID-related content, COVID misinformation as they call it, or as their censors call it, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting move. So a lot of these social media companies have been um, absolutely blasted from both sides on the way that they handle content moderation and the way that they handle these issues. So, you know, whether or not it's going to be a, a good or a bad thing in the long run, I think, you know, once you start banning whole classes of content and start going out and doing things like that, um, quite frankly, the algorithms that you're using aren't that great. They're not that great at, at picking out what is and is not um, quote unquote misinformation, what is and is not, you know, quote unquote anti-vax, all those kind of things. And so, uh, you know, it's interesting to see that they're trying to do something, mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to, um, you know, get a lid on this whole PR battle that's been going on about, you know, what content is and is not allowed. So it, I, I just don't know, because I, I think it might be one step too far, um, but, you know, we'll see, because the real question uh, is whether or not other companies are going to follow suit after this. Because I know mm -hmm. Facebook has been uh, doing a lot of work to try and, uh, you know, get rid of misinformation. Uh, Twitter has been doing a lot of work to do the same thing. Uh, and really, they're just trying to head off some of these regulations that are coming down the pipeline. You know, I've, it just kind of popped into my head while we were talking about this, because a lot of this is done by algorithms. And you say the algorithms aren't that necessarily reliable. So... The way I see it, well, one, they could just let everything out there into the wild, um, which is probably the position that I would want them to take. However, but if there is going to be some level of content oversight, I think is the correct terminology, um, either you have people reviewing all of this, all of this content and people are inherently biased so then you're going to have bias creep in that way. Or you have Skynet and the Terminators are going to come and kill us because if the AI gets that smart, I think that that actually we, we've seen in the documentary 
in the documentaries um, of Terminator that that doesn't end up well. So. Yeah, well, I think a couple of things. So one, that there's really too much content for it to be all uh, reviewed oh, by humans. Yeah. You need these algorithms. You need mm -hmm. things to go through. I mean, when you're dealing with that many billion monthly active users, you know, mm -hmm. how do you even start to go through all that content as just a human moderator? Right. Um, but I think the bigger issue is, you know, like what information do we want and do, do we not want online and on these platforms? And what I always say is that there's other places that you can you can publish these things, these mm -hmm. videos. You know, if it gets taken down by YouTube, there's plenty of other sites that you can post videos on. I know Rumble is one. Right, exactly. Another. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're well within their right to go and, and take down content that they don't want to host for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just kind of like, that's the First Amendment principle. And that, I think that uh, while while having an, uh, this utopic idea of like the First Amendment online, that everything that everybody says can be hosted, and that uh, you know, uh, kind of that idea that the best way to get rid of bad speech is to speak more, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing, um, it only works so far, and that's where you get into like the uh, you know like the eight chans and the four chans and, mm -hmm. and those places um, that can then be just as damaging, you know. Um, uh, what was the name of the getter? I think is the name of the new um, uh, right-wing social media that the Trump campaign put together. Oh, wow. um, no idea. Yeah, Same. so it was it would touted itself as this whole free speech online thing, mm -hmm. uh, and then it ended up getting uh, inundated with um, Muslim uh, uh, Muslim fundamentalist extremist terrorists that you know were using it to post all sorts of things. So you're kind of you're damned if you do and you damned if you don't. So you know. Um, while I'm not stoked about what YouTube is doing, mm. I think that it's it's also not the end of the world. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think it's. I mean, all that you said about YouTube being within the rights to do that is true. And I just think, like as you mentioned as well, like it's a good thing that we have people who are constantly innovating and making new platforms that we can, you know, try out. And, right. Yeah. And but the thing about I guess like what you guys were saying about the algorithm is, my concern is always like. The killer robots. I'm afraid. Yeah, of yes, I'm. We're all afraid of yes. killer robots, Tyler. I just feel like we lose like our terms when we talk about things like misinformation. It's like, what exactly right, is this? Right. You know, it's it's, no it's just like a broad sweeping. Um, it's like a it's a word that's come to encompass pretty much like anything you want it to. Um, and I think that's kind of that's like maybe speaks to a problem uh, at large in like semantics and like our society in mm -hmm. general and language but I mean yeah. you know but I don't know it's just, it's just interesting because like those philosophical questions they bleed into like these very like kind of like day-to-day -day, um, oh yeah well it's actually interesting that you brought that up um, about terms and stuff and how most people will hear a term and they it automatically conjures a different image in their mind as like what that means and what it's describing so Nowadays, especially in the media, the media wants you to think whenever they hear like anti-vaxxers, you know, they want you to think of like, you know, rural folks, MAGA people, etc. But now one of the interesting developments is a bunch of NBA players have come out um, against against vaccine mandates um, in particular. And I just kind of wonder, like, what the what is the press going to do? because they had a, no problem whenever they thought that the true anti-vaxxers were MAGA folks. But now that it's the NBA, like it, where, where does this all line up in the hierarchy of grievances? Well, you know, I, I think it's, 
and this is something that we've been saying from the very beginning is you can be pro-vaccine but you can Correct. be anti-vaccine mandate right and so the media is going to do what they always do and they're going to be reductionist and they're going to reduce it down and they're probably going to belittle um these, these nba players and you know, you know various all over the place and basically you know uh cry havoc and tell them that they're awful people i saw that um they they asked it a very pointed question to lebron james the other day um basically just asking whether or not he supported a vaccine mandate and his response was about as good as anyone can get it's like mm -hmm. well that's you know i'm not a huge fan of forcing people to do things but at the end of the day like that's not my decision i'm just here to play basketball um but what i did see was how quickly they took this he basically was giving a non-answer basically just right. saying like yeah. hey that's not for me to decide i'm not you know a scientist or i'm not the manager of this team i'm not the manager of the nba mm -hmm. But very quickly that was twisted and turned into, you know, LeBron James is an anti-vaxxer. Um, right. And that's just, it's just so ridiculous and reductionist because that's where, you know, having this, this more nuanced uh, yeah. argument about like, you can be pro-vaccine and you can be anti-vaccine mandate, right. but that doesn't sell. That doesn't get viewers to watch, you know, your television show. Instead the media doesn't do nuance, Luke. I know, I know, yeah. it drives me insane. <laughs> but it's I mean it is interesting that LeBron would give he is very selective in the issues that he chooses to engage upon so of course you know talking about China and um, the Uyghur concentration camps over there doesn't want to talk about that but whenever it comes to vaccine mandates wishy-washy on that and then there are other issues that he does choose to jump in on it's just kind of it's Things like that, things like that kind of always irritate me. Like, like Stewart, early John Stewart and Stephen Colbert would always do this, where they would do a, a, a gimmick with the or a trick with the media, when at any time that they were actually being interviewed, where they would put the clown hat on and then they'd take with the clown hat off, and they just kept doing that, and it would always frustrate the interviewers, and I and I assume probably some folks at home, uh, but. It seems like LeBron wants to be a social influencer and have a say in public life whenever he wants to, except the times whenever he doesn't, then he takes it off and goes, oh, well, I'm just a basketball player. So that kind of well, selectivity. You, uh, you see this all over the place, though. I think you celebrities in general, uh, Matthew McConaughey, great example, right? Yep. Um, I think Beta, they asked Is Beta he still over, running for governor? Well, he's not officially running. It's all this. It's all in kind of limbo right now. That, uh, but somebody asked Beto O'Rourke, which who knew that Beto O'Rourke was still around. Oh, yeah. Um, he he is running for governor. He is running for governor and probably going to lose again. Because Beto but, is a party. Um, they asked him <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know, um, you know what Matt McConaughey stands for. But that's intentional, right? Right. You know, these celebrities, they, they pick and choose which issues they want to talk about because it fits a brand, fits yeah. an image. Yeah. And, yeah. But you could also make the argument that McConaughey intentionally doesn't want to because he, he wants, like, everyone has a positive opinion of him. Or I should say most folks have a positive opinion of him. And until he actually starts taking a stance on things, then that's whenever he starts to define himself. And then that drives his, his yeah. fit, like, approval or favorability down. Well, if you want to go back even farther, we talk about the Dixie Chicks, man. Like, yeah. They, yeah. Every, everybody in um, center-right, right-wing circles, um, 
and just generally people that like country music liked them and then they come out um, against the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and they are just com- they're cut off they're shut right. down canceled before canceled was a thing um, and I well, think a lot of people saw cancel. that right well I think well, a lot the of people saw that just like Dixie Chicks Oh, know, they changed right? it. It's the Chicks well, Lady. Oh, mm-hmm. oh the they changed the it? Yeah. And Lady Antebellum is now Lady A after yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. But uh, I think they see that, and they, you know, they're more reticent to come out and say something, whether or not they believe or don't believe. They just want to, you know, ride the line. Well, there's so, this kind of joke about, like, Taylor Swift. Like, she, for so, she was, like, quiet about issues for the longest yeah, time, right. for, like, over 10 years, the, like, the whole entire beginning um, course of her career and then you know I think like she I don't really know um, a lot of people have been kind of labeling uh, this insincere and I don't really know my exact thoughts on it because I will admit I like I really like Taylor Swift as a mm-hmm. musician um, so she you know went all this time without saying without um, a peep about politics and then she had right. this documentary that came out I think it was like two years ago Miss Americana and she came out like as a full-fledged like um, uh, like Clinton supporter, basically. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I think it's also funny that you you wait until it's convenient. Yeah, that, and that's you, a, that's right? the you already have yeah. hundreds of millions of fans yeah. across the world. Right. And like, and okay, kind of now age- that it's easy, you can come out and say these things. Yeah. But and like I mean, I guess family. we can't. I guess we can't. We got to be a little fair. We can't really expect every celebrity to be like a, a talking head all the time and on every really- issue. I really want um, them to be either. Right. So. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> yeah. well, as I've always said about celebrities, is they're just pretty people who say words great. Mm. But the well, DC is just Hollywood for ugly people, so that's true. And, and or the nerds, they they always like to call everything in DC nerd. This ner- nerd prom for the White House nerd correspondence prom. dinner. So you know that holds up. The one guy that really actually scares me is The Rock. That what guy, sense? I mean, like the fact that he can beat you up, or the fact that he's well, oh, I mean, that's without a doubt, either. no. But I mean, like, so he's flirted with this idea of like running for president or running for office before, and right now he is widely beloved across the mm-hmm. the spectrum. That's why he can launch, he can sell pretty much anything that he wants, and that's why he sells like everything. Mm-hmm. But. Then you start seeing who he hangs out with because he was really tight with Elizabeth Warren, which makes me like really worried about him. Like, if should he ever run for office? I can't imagine what that friendship would be like. I know. It's yeah. like the two most unlikely yeah. people at all. Hey, Liz, how's it going? Yeah. Right. And especially with her, with her most like like during the campaign when she tried to drink a beer like on camera. Oh, God. Ugh, the cringe levels were off the charts then. <laughs> but speaking of some wild stuff, and, you know, we were talking, reminiscing about some of the, the crazy things that happened in the Trump years. This, I didn't have it on the sheet for today, but I think it's just wild to talk about and should have happened during the Trump years. Dog the Bounty Hunter is going after <laughs> Brian Landry. Laundry. Talk about celebrities trying to get involved in, yeah. uh, you know, the thing to get themselves, uh, you know, some yeah. more PR, some more press. That was that was an interesting one. I did see that over the weekend, and he was he was popping up on CNN. He was popping up right. as a correspondent talking about this case. That is just bananas to me. 
Do you even re- do you do either of you remember his show? I remember no. Dog the Bounty Hunter. No, I've wow. never seen his so show. Dog the Bounty Hunter is basically this guy with a bleach Ragged. blonde mullet. Oh, I've, yeah. yeah, I've seen pics. Um, yeah, that goes in bounty hunts, and it was just it was wild. He was insane. The only thing that's crazier to me is the fact that um, Steven Seagal was actually a police officer in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, and would go on patrol and stuff. So, like, you could actually be on Bourbon Street, laying in, you know, laying in the middle of Bourbon Street, and Steven Seagal could actually be the one arresting you. Which, it's just wild. Well, it's like, uh, you know, Steve Buscemi was a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A firefighter in New York, and he, he showed up and helped out on 9-11. And, uh, was, did wow. he join up after 9-11, or did he, was he no, there he that was, day? Well, I think I he knew was, there was some I know, he, I, I, don't quote me on so okay. I don't know the whole story. I think what happened was is that he had worked as a firefighter sometime in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, and then was obviously living in New York and was there and went that day and volunteered to help out. You know, um, I think that's, you know, don't quote me on that again. Fair enough. Well, Shout out to thing. Steve Buscemi. Shout out to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> if you're watching. So... Last last bit of celebrity news, and then we'll, I promise we'll get back to actual politics stuff. Talk about something. The, hey, we're covering a lot of <laughs> we're covering a, lot a lot of ground. A lot of ground here, but this takes us to Matt's or to not to Matt to Max, home state of Michigan, where apparently Eminem is launching a new restaurant called Mom Spaghetti. I'm here for it. You can take you that. Of Mom's course. Of course, I would eat Bob's spaghetti. Okay. Are they only going to play Eminem? Yeah. What's the deal with the that? I don't. I literally Will saw it, it and I opened it to make sure it was like the 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 story to make sure it wasn't like fake news. It's like no, no, this is like actually going to happen. And I saw the logo. It looks pretty legit, but if Jimmy Buffett can have uh, Margaritaville, yeah, but that's... and if John Bon Jovi can have his little kitchen in New York. And I, and all these guys, apparently if you go to Nashville, um, all the bars are owned by somebody. Kid it's Rock. Like I think Kid Jason Rock. Aldean, Jason Aldean has a bar. Yeah. You know, Surprise Dolly Florida Park. Georgia Line. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you name it, they all own a bar. I think that Eminem deserves his own restaurant. He deserves it. Not only is this a good thing for Michigan, and I assume Detroit, mm. um, this is good for Eminem. He deserves Well, it could be, unless it goes horribly is wrong it, is it that, gonna be like an italian restaurant like what's like it's yeah i have a lot of questions the only thing they sell is mom's spaghetti yeah right which if you're just selling spaghetti which in today's day and age probably could work because there are restaurants that are just single food item with a bunch of different takes on it but how creative can you get with just spaghetti why are you throwing shade at m m I thought, we were, I thought we were here for this, Tyler. We need to present the United I, Front. Listen, I'm being fair and balanced. Marshall Mathers needs your support. Okay. But I also just don't like Michigan. Oh. I feel like you have a lot of, like, well, that's a whole underlying other thing. things that are influencing Listen, your listen. Detroit, I have an restaurant. issue with events because they put up a Satan statue in the middle of Detroit. Oh, yeah. Two, I was one time partially kidnapped. <laughs> In in oh. Traverse City, Michigan, while I was away from, for work. 
We were given a. How is one partially kidnapped? Is that usually a binary? You either myself and one of our former uh, former colleagues were was in Traverse City, Michigan, and uh, we were given a given a ride from the venue um, by one of our dear activists um, from the hotel to or like from the venue supposedly back to the hotel. However, we. We eventually got back to the hotel, but we took a very, very long scenic route in which we were given the entire tour of Traverse City. So, so the scenic route was a partial kidnapping. Yes, yeah, so we, we 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 were just in the car with the under the guise that we were just going to go from point A mm -hmm. to point B. Mm -hmm. We went from point A to Z to X to Y to crazy polka dot Q to A. So there, so there's that. So it was just more of a scenic or a scenic, super scenic route that was unexpected. But we did arrive. Everything was fine. I just like being dramatic. It's <laughs> quite dramatic. Partial kidnapping. I'm yes. Just don't ride with people you don't know unless it's Uber or Lyfts or exactly. a taxi or somebody on the highway offering you a ride. You know. Absolutely. Just be careful out there. Oh yeah. Speaking of unwanted car rides and getting in cars with strangers philly oh <laughs> yeah over the weekend i yeah you are now being held responsible for your city honestly that's fine i'm happy to um represent my city okay yeah <laughs> but Wait, yes what about I, philly this weekend or uh past saturday i went to um the philly's pirate game um had a great time with my cousins um you know, great bonding time, etc. We went. We hit up a couple of breweries while we were there. We went to Yards and then to nice. Evil Genius. I've never been to that one. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then, so yeah, so great day. Much fun was had. Then on the way home, I'm taking 95 to get down or to get back to Baltimore, and I hit this giant piece of either metal or plastic that fell out from the car ahead of me. I hit it with my brand new tires that I just had to replace. And then was stranded on 95. Oof. And ha Saturday night, stranded 95 on 95. 95 is a rough place to be 95. Yes. It is, yeah. And just kind of had to wait there because earlier at the end of August, beginning of September, my I lost one of my, I, I hit something else on my Why way do you from keep hitting things. It sounds like a you problem. keep leaving things on the road. I was about to give you my pity, but this yeah. seems to be a recurring <laughs> event. This one actually, what they were both not my fault, but the they first never are. <laughs> never is. But the first time there was like a piece of construction chain. There's a giant chain in the middle of the road, wow. and it took out like five cars ahead of me. That's a Mario Kart. Stuff. It was literally yeah. Mario like, Kart. A, a truck literally just like through back and it's like a banana that's a chain. Exactly. It's yeah. If they just left a bunch of bananas out on the, yeah. on the across the thing. But either way, I digress. You should try a real version of Mario Kart. It'd be horrible. But. I've seen it done before. I've seen like videos where they dress up in costumes and race Maybe around on little go-karts, but... Do it, I think yeah. we should name this episode Pardon the Disruption, colon, Tyler's Digression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay, Luke, let's talk about the things you need to talk yes. about. Yes. 
Tell me about reconciliation. Uh, I mean, what's there to say that we haven't already said a billion times? Basically, it's just completely languishing in nothingness, and they're still arguing. Um, Are they going to pass? Is the House going to pass the infrastructure bill? Probably not. So they were supposed to have this vote on Monday, um, but they didn't have it on Monday. And if you know anything about Congress, you know that rule one of Congress is don't take the vote if you don't have the votes. Mm -hmm. uh, so they knew it wasn't going to pass, so they pushed it off. I think it's supposed to happen tomorrow. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, but we'll see if they get the votes by then. You know, it's still basically this, this showdown between progressives and moderates. Um, and right now, the, the progressives are winning. It seems like um, Jaya Paul and her caucus. I mean, they're, they're preventing uh, these things from happening in a way that they don't want. You know, I mean, it's, they're winning right now. Can't, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, but it'll be interesting to see because if they if they can pass this on Thursday, yeah, then uh, basically the the progressives will be shown to have absolutely no teeth, and we'll see what happens. Or at least in the House, the, they the reconciliation bill. Um, I have heard that they've moderated. They're they're saying that uh, they're not stuck to this three and a half trillion. Uh, number anymore, but the, what they're looking for. Did they tell that to Bernie Sanders? They did. Because he is, and he was like, what was it, Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, he was like freaking out, um, saying that they're not going to pass the reconciliation bill, uh, or, oh man, how does this even work? Which one wants to pass which one first? So the moderates yes. want to pass the infrastructure bill first. Right. And then negotiate on reconciliation. Right. And Sanders so progressives Wilson, yes. are holding the infrastructure package hostage mm -hmm. and saying we need to pass the three and a half trillion first because we, they know that once the infrastructure bill is packed, uh, has passed, mm -hmm. they have no leverage anymore. Right. So they want the budget to go first so that they can use the infrastructure package as leverage effectively. Now, isn't there... So... There are also several deadlines that have been put out. First off, aren't they already in breach of their agreement because the vote yes. didn't happen on Monday? Yeah, well, it was a non-binding agreement, but you know, they, they broke their they broke their promise, right? They they said the twenty seventh. Okay. It didn't happen on the twenty seventh. They broke. The now, one where the government is running out of money, like yes. tomorrow for as we're so recording this that's, Thursday. That's yeah. the debt limit, and the debt limit. Um, it's kind of hard to calculate exactly when we will run out of money. But I thought the that, but I thought that the debt ceiling, ceiling yeah. was on the 18th. Well, so that's what we're saying is that so uh, Yellen has come out, has come out, um, and said that they expect it to run out on the 18th. Um, mm -hmm. It's really difficult to gauge that um, because there's a whole bunch of uh, exigent circumstances. They're trying to figure out how to stretch the money, how they can get more money. Um, to finance all these options. But that's what Yellen has said, is that by October 18th, um, we will be no longer be able to finance anything, uh, and that effectively means government shutdown. Okay. Now, they tried to do something, and it yes. failed. What so was had, the something? So they were, so uh, basically at the end of the fiscal year um, happened, I can't remember the exact date, if anybody can. 20th of October. That's when the appropriations stops flowing. The money, uh, the, the authority given by Congress to spend money mm -hmm. uh, has lapsed. Okay. And so in order to continue the government to, you know, being able to function, 
um, absent the reconciliation bill because they have not passed the budget yet, uh, they do what's right. called a continuing resolution. Okay. It basically just says you can keep spending at this level um, between then between I think it's October 20th and uh, you know the end of the year or until we okay. get a budget. Um, or until they pass. The second part one. of that is the debt limit, which is what we were just talking about. So what right. happened was, as uh, Democrats Pelosi and Schumer came together, they wanted to do um, a continuing resolution and the debt limit mm -hmm. uh, and raising the debt limit all as one bill. And uh, Chairman, her uh, Majority Leader McConnell came out and said, "No, we're not going to do that. If we're going to do this, we have to consider them separately." Uh, and that's basically because the, the, the freedom members of uh, specifically the Senate, but in the House in general, the House too, um, they don't want to raise the debt limit for obvious reasons. Right. And uh, so basically what you've got now is, they, so they split that up, um, doing the continuing resolution and the debt limit separately. Okay. I know that was a lot of information. There's just like so many things converging. Right. Yes. And this is, this is what happens when Congress doesn't do their job. So, yeah. um, this whole process is supposed to have been done already in the beginning of September. That's what the law says in statute. Um, that's what he says. But it's been 25 years since Congress has actually done their job um, in the way that they're supposed to do it by law. Right, and, like 12 and appropriations And so that's how you end up getting this total cluster at the end of the year where they have to do budget, they have to do the debt, they have to do this, they have to do the uh, national defense appropriation. They have to do all these things um, with basically no time because they spend the rest of the year piddling around not doing their jobs. So it's all basically governance by crisis. Exactly. You run up you run up into the deadline and that forces people to you know scramble and do things. And that's why we end up getting these government shutdowns. That's why we get end up getting these fights is because they're completely incapable of doing it right the first time. Fair and enough. on that happy note. And on that note. Oh, one thing I before I do, I do want to mention before we, we leave reconciliation land. Uh, tucked into Dems reconciliation package was a clever enforcement mechanism for whenever OSHA does actually announce their rule mm -hmm. of the vaccine mandate in which employers could be facing a either $70,000 or $700,000 fine if they are in violation of any like OSHA guidelines. So yeah. basically they tuck that into the provision or into the reconciliation package to, um, to have the teeth behind yeah. the mandate. Well, cause I think, um, I think what happened was the original order they were talking about was that seven thousand dollar fine, which mm -hmm. is still a lot of money, especially if you're oh, doing right. it per day and per mm -hmm. employee and on those kind of bases. Um, but uh, tucking this into the reconciliation bill and ten uh, xing it and saying you know seventy thousand dollars per day or per offense, I'd, I'd have to look at the language right. to see what the yeah. specifics are. But I mean, it's just absolutely astronomical, and they're really, really doubling down on this. Do you think that as more people learn about that provision in the reconciliation package, that it will make it easier or harder to pass? Well, unfortunately, I think there's so many things that are in the reconciliation package that it's hard for one. I mean, one provision. Well, that's well, that's incredibly important. I mean, that's just. I mean, we've been doing. Uh, if you want to go look online on, on our website, we've been doing a what, whole where, list. Where's of our website? Our, our website at freedomworks.org. 
Uh, you can go and look, and we've been doing a series of blogs highlighting um, a lot of these terrible provisions that are tucked in there. A lot of people don't have the time. I think it's like 2,500 pages um, to sit there and dig through and find exactly why this is awful. Well, we've been trying to go through and highlight uh, a whole bunch of different provisions and why those particular provisions are awful. Um, but at the end of the day, with, it, when, with a package this large, um, it's hard to pinpoint one thing and say that is going to be the poison pill or that's going to be the death knell. While it certainly doesn't help things, especially in, ter in terms of trying to get Republicans to sign on, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say that, that that would be the the poison pill at the end of the day. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I hope our listeners are enjoying the, the sweet sounds of sirens. We do live in a city. We do. Unfortunately so. Well, last thing that I wanted to cover today, I'm going to kick it back to Isabel, okay. who's apparently been doing a lot of research on this. Okay. It's Tell a big me topic. about... <laughs> Tell Brit me what I am researching. Britney Spears. Oh, okay. Free Britney. Yeah. Free Britney. So, I have to admit, I haven't watched the most recent documentary that came out. I think it dropped on Tuesday. Okay. Did either of you watch it? No. Britney versus Spears, I believe it's called. It's on my to-watch list. It's on your to-watch list. Okay. So... She's in court today, actually. Um, so they're back in court. Brittany has her new lawyer um, that she was granted permission to. Because originally, I think her dad, or she wasn't able to choose her lawyer, but now she is. So um, the lawyer, the new lawyer, filed a petition to end the or to terminate the conservatorship. And actually, uh, Jamie Spears, her dad, had filed a petition to terminate it as well. So, or, so they're kind of on the same page with it now after um i think you know all of the stuff that's been coming out in the media the, the documentaries the interviews right. and servicing have kind of um you know sped up that process and kind of i think the public pressure campaign yeah. was definitely mm -hmm. there um so it looks like yeah so it's back in court um and there's one of three things could happen um the judge can terminate the conservatorship um she can replace or the judge can replace the conservatorship or the, or the judge can ignore both um, files to terminate them and just keep it as is. So So what's your prediction? What's the over-under? I think she will probably, or sorry, I don't know why I keep calling the judge a she. I don't actually remember. Anyway, I think the judge, well, sorry. I think the judge will probably terminate the conservatorship. Yep. Just totally terminate? I think wow. so, yes. So Brittany will actually be free? I think, well, Okay, I'm confused because I was telling you guys before we started that she still has a conservator that it's a, so her dad- yeah, it's a co conservatorship, co right? It's two, you have it's two separate yeah. conservators. Okay, so her dad manages her estate mm -hmm. and then there's another conservator who manages her personal life. So I'm still a little murky on the details, but I think at least she'll be able to have control over like her her, fi or her finances and her assets. And so which one like bugged her phone and, and was like tracking her car and doing all that kind of stuff? I think- Is that her father or is I, that the other one? The, the only one that I've ever heard of and thus all the horrible things associated with were related to the father. Yeah. But it does not surprise me. Well, I but it's also, a, that's, you know, talking about the media and reductionism that yeah. we were talking about earlier. That's the other thing. It makes a better headline if you're talking about her father than like That's some right. other nameless, faceless, like conservator, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of who does what. And I think that's part of the, right. part of the problem. And I do, yeah. And I think also another 
the more you read about the other problem with her dad was just, or and her family at large was kind of they never said anything they never like stood up for her too mm. so i think that's a big part of it too but yeah i think it'll get terminated yep. i don't know okay yeah free britney free britney yeah there's i mean there's a lot of i mean it's kind of reignited the conversation in congress well they too. um <laughs> well, right now, Congress is probably—they're the probably desperate to change. There the was subject. a there was a congressional yeah. hearing, I believe it was the Senate, um, this week that was on conservatorship, and it was—they uh, brought in a whole bunch of experts to talk about it. I think it's ignited a whole broader conversation yeah. about conservatorship, because mm-hmm. um, you know I've seen a couple of um, you know like documentaries and read read some articles about some particularly egregious cases uh, of conservatorship abuse. Uh, and how difficult it is for a lot of these people. You know, I mean, when you're Britney Spears, um, it's a little easier for you to gain attention from the courts and from the public right. uh, than for especially uh, a lot of these elderly people that get caught up in these situations. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's really positive that this has spurred a whole new conversation about something that I don't think a lot of people um, knew or really understood very much about before you know, it happened to Britney Spears. I had never been, full disclosure, never even heard the word before all before Britney, yeah. yeah, didn't know it was a thing. No, yeah. it's pretty wild. So it's great. It's good shedding light on the issue. Yeah. Luke, now that you're, are you leaving us, Luke, to go help Britney in reform in like support conservatorship reform? I wish that would be a fun. I, I, I could the go Britney Spears, Spears Foundation. Spears. Yes. The Britney Spears Foundation. I'm going to start the Britney Spears Foundation. Do you want to start the Britney Spears? Yeah, okay. let's yeah, do. Yeah, sure. It. Sure. And then, of course, Get some seed money. From and then, of course, we'll have to start the Britney Spears pack uh, oh to support candidates that support, that support conservatorship yes. reform. Yeah, I'd love to like send out like candidate endorsements for that. That'd be so fun. She just have a concert like <laughs> yes. for fundraising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we are going to go out now and plan the Britney Spears pack. So that's all the time we have for today, but. We hope that you liked the episode. Please go ahead and download, like, and subscribe. And for those of you that are watching on Facebook, go to our YouTube page to see if this actually did get pulled down. So, and with that, please pardon the disruption. No, get those lights off. Off. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Well, that hurts my feelings. Please clap.